Hi, this is comedian Christian Finnegan, and you are listening to PF's Tape Recorder. Hello there, I'm PF, this is my tape recorder. Coming up, comedian Jenny is a greeno. I occasionally get approached, I usually don't, but you know, I use Tinder uh, if I'm in a new city and I'm looking to have fun, I'll do that, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, a fan, or it was like a fan or someone who's watched your show, it's a little, it's a little different. Good to have Jenny back on the show. She's hilarious. We woke her up. Uh, uh, I think she was kind of hungover. You'll you'll hear it. It's, it's pretty funny. Great conversation with her. She's a doll. Um, and very, very funny as well. We also have the song of the week from L. King. Uh, I don't know if you've heard it. It was the follow-up single to her big X's and O's hit, but I don't. it, it didn't get a lot of traction, so that's our song of the week. Uh, uh, I want to get that some more exposure because I think you're going to dig it. But first, we have a dumb bit subject, Mr. Bill O'Reilly. The DNC convention, of course, wrapped up in Philadelphia this week. And one of the highlights, of course, uh, was the speech by First Lady Michelle Obama. Now, First Ladies historically looked upon very favorably, even when uh, people don't agree with the, the husband, the president, um, except in the case of Michelle Obama. Because you'll remember uh, back uh, Laura Bush, uh, George W.'s wife, her, her, you know, every first lady takes on a cause of some kind. For when uh, Hillary Clinton was first lady, it was health care. Um, and when uh, Laura Bush was first lady, it was uh, reading and literacy, which is great because I think the reason Fangirl and, and producer Lizzie are so smart is because we read to them and we promoted reading. So that no one was mad at Laura Bush about reading. Michelle Obama thinks that kids should eat healthier. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Back off, lady. Hey, lady, get back with your healthy food at school lunches. What are you, what are you talking about? Okay, so she... She gave, of course, a speech uh, at the at the uh, Democratic National Convention, and I forget which of the comedians I follow uh, online, but you probably saw someone make this joke that uh, it was her second great speech in a week. Um, but anyway, so anyway, she had this to say. The story of generations of people who felt the lash of bondage, the shame of servitude, the sting of segregation, but who kept on striving and hoping and doing what needed to be done so that today... I wake up every morning in a house that was built by slaves. And sadly, and not surprisingly, a lot of people got upset. First of all, uh, find this on YouTube. I took this from the ABC News coverage of it uh, because of what we're about to discuss. But look at some of the comments. Oh, boy. Yeah, yeah, racism is over in America. Sure it is. Yeah, black guys in the White House, it's all over. Look, he- here's the thing. A couple of, a lot of things about this we're going to go through uh, before we get to Mr. O'Reilly's comments, which is the, the, uh, the centerpiece of this. But, um, you know, I used to be kind of one of those people that was like, you know, we used to do a thing on the show called A Thing That's Not a Thing. And one of those I can uh, point to is um, uh, poor people with iPhones. This is a thing that's not a thing. I'm sure there's a few people on assistance that have iPhones. I would say the vast majority of people on assistance do not have iPhones. It's, uh, they just don't, okay? And I used to think that, you know, driving while black, I used to think, well, that's, that's me. That's probably something that's just exaggerated. It's anecdotally true. And, and this still may be an anecdote, but I, I used to work with a guy at the airport here in Cincinnati, and this guy worked two jobs. He uh, married, had uh, two, three kids, one of his own, two with the woman had a previous, uh, and this guy was a deadbeat. So uh, my friend Will 
worked two jobs at the airport, got there at 6 a.m., didn't leave till 10 o'clock at night. He worked for two different companies, one I worked for, and then he would do an afternoon shift. And he arranged it so he had his two days off were together at least so he could be with his family. And he would tell me all the time he would get pulled over constantly because he had a, a an, an, I think he had like a Pontiac Bonneville. So it wasn't like a, a caddy or anything like that, but he had a nice car, which he needed to go from the airport to where he lived on the northern side of town. But he said he would get pulled over a couple times a year easily. And I was pulled over once because I was actually speeding since I've lived in Cincinnati. And then, of course, that incident that Fangirl I went through uh, a couple of years ago. Um, but other than that, I thought, wow. And so this, I guess this is really a thing that maybe actually is a thing. Okay. So anyway, Michelle Obama, is, uh, first of all, is also saying, by the way, that uh, the, something conservatives are always saying is, oh, black folks need to pull themselves up. And my own well, she's saying that even through all this institutional racism that, you know, black folks have persevered now. And then, but of course, the, the thing that really got everybody upset. I wake up every morning in a house that was built by slaves. A lot of people not having that even though it's true. We'll get into that. Of course, uh, leading the charge against the first lady, um, Papa Bear, <laughs> which I, I love that name. That was the name Colbert used to use when he was doing the Colbert character and he would talk about Bill O'Reilly. Yeah, Papa Bear not having it. The history behind a remark is fascinating. George Washington selected the site in 1791 and is presently the cornerstone in 1792. Washington was then running the country out of Philadelphia. Slaves did participate in the construction of the White House. Records show about 400 payments made to slave masters between 795 and 1801. In addition, free blacks, whites, and immigrants also worked on the massive building. There were no illegal immigrants at that time. If you could make it here, you could stay here. Okay, so we're just going to nitpick Mrs. Obama's speech. Well, that's fine. Uh, but, you know, it, he does acknowledge that, that slaves did help build the White House, and which, by the way, is significant to her point, even if, if there were, you know, Europeans and, and, and free blacks and other people building the White House. 400, if there were 400 slave masters receiving payment from the federal government to build the White House, you can bet there were a lot of slaves working on the White House. But, uh, but what about those slaves, Papa Bear? Slaves that worked there were well-fed and had decent lodgings provided by the government, which stopped hiring slave labor in 1802. However, the feds did not forbid subcontractors from using slave labor. So Michelle Obama is essentially correct in citing slaves as builders of the White House, but there were others working as well. When will white folks finally get the credit for building this goddamn country? All right, so, I mean, he, he, he does say that she's essentially correct, which is nice, but I, well, why do you have to make that point? I mean, I guess it's a, a slightly different vision, I guess, if you think it was entirely built by slaves, but there's there were a lot of slaves working on it, so, I mean, it doesn't undercut her point. I mean, yeah, she could have said, you know, a house built by slaves as well as some European folks, I, I, I guess, but it doesn't really, you know... And I just don't, this is the thing that I think really got people upset on the other side. Slaves that worked there were well fed and had decent lodgings provided by the government. So quit your bitching, okay? <laughs> it's just insane to me that you would have to say that. So, of course, a lot of people latched onto this and um, mostly, I think, fairly criticized Mr. O'Reilly. Some people went uh, a little. Uh, maybe a little too far in the other direction, uh, but uh, the next night, uh, after some you know some folks criticized him, O'Reilly goes on and he looks wounded. By the way, so check it out. Uh, you can't I mean, you can't see this, but l the look on his face, this man is wounded. That commentary, one hundred percent accurate. 
providing context to Mrs. Obama's remark. But why, Papa Bear, why? How the administration of George Washington conducted itself in the construction of the executive mansion. It's not that important to know. Come on. And he's got these big puppy dog eyes when he's saying that. And uh, yeah, no, it is important. Though. It's important. It's very important to minimize the fact that we've had over 400 years of institutional racism in this country. And yes, while it's way better to be a black person in America today than it was in 1795, clearly, I mean, you know, we, <laughs> uh, we it's just so it's just so sad. It's laughable. Uh, go on, Papa Bear. For doing that, I was immediately attacked by smear merchants. By the way, if you disagree with O'Reilly, you're a smear merchant. Continue. The ranked tabloid New York Daily News wrote, quote, O'Reilly defends use of White House slaves. Yes, in fairness, he did not defend slavery. And the, the uh, New York Daily News, I think, kind of missed an opportunity here because when you do something like this, you still need to be accurate in your criticism. Uh, they would have a, a much more effective and accurate headline would have been O'Reilly said slaves didn't have it so bad, which is just as outrageous. But uh, then O'Reilly turns himself into a bit of a pretzel here. Listen to this. It is a given that slavery is an abomination. But reporting the story behind Mrs. Obama's very valid points does not diminish the horror of enslavement. Uh, yeah, well, it kind of does when you say this. Slaves that worked there were well-fed and had decent lodgings provided by the government. So what's the problem? See, O'Reilly, I think, is what, and we, we mentioned this when we did this uh, the, a couple of weeks ago talking about um, Mrs. Obama saying that slaves built the White House, is that a lot of people out there are, I would say, are functional racists, and that is that they, you know, I'm sure around the Fox News building when Michael Steele drops by or when Juan Williams is, you know, uh, uh, doing his, one of his segments for Fox News, I'm sure O'Reilly isn't insisting that they drink at a different water fountain or, or that they shouldn't be in the building or anything like that. But, you know, the guy doesn't have a clue, obviously. You know, these are these, this is what I call the functional racist. They, they don't necessarily hate black folks when, in fact, they do really don't care for black folks when you get right down to it. Because how else do you explain this? Why, why, why would you zero in on that and, and make that a big deal? You know, as an aside, you could say, oh, well, you know, other, but even at that, that's just, uh, I don't know. It, it just, it just beyond me. And the thing that, that's even more shocking is uh, how did this slip by? And the grace to keep coming back and putting those cracks in that highest and hardest glass ceiling until she finally breaks through, lifting all of us along with her. Of course, Mrs. Obama, they're talking about how Hillary Clinton has broken through the glass ceiling, the boys club, as it were, to become the first uh, candidate from a major party to, uh, to be a female candidate for uh, to running for, for the office of the president of the United States. And uh, I'm surprised that didn't upset a lot of people. Although I think if you're going to pick a battle and you're Bill O'Reilly and Fox News and, and folks like that, I think you're going to want to zero in on the slave thing because that's way easier than to, what's Bill O'Reilly going to say. Is he going to, you know, that they, these women just need to blow off a little steam or that uh, they need to let him uh, rub them with a falafel? Jenny Zagrino is a stand-up comedian from Minneapolis, Minnesota, and you've probably seen her on TV and probably seeing a lot more of her. She's uh, doing a lot more getting on TV and in movies and things like that, and also touring the country as a headlining stand-up comedian. Here now is her interview with Jenny Zagrino. Hey, what's up? How you sorry. doing? How you doing? I'm so sorry. I'm good. 
that's okay. I'm hungover. That is why this is, that's why you're calling me right now. Oh, goodness. Is this a bad time? Should... Uh, no, it's fine. Okay, cool. All righty. Well, you must have had quite a night last night. What what happened? What'd you do? I went to bed at like 6 a.m. It's just, you know, party time. <laughs> Okay, and where are you? Were you? Are you in Los Angeles right now, or are you? Are you I don't no, know. I'm in Montreal. Uh oh, just for laughs. Yeah. There you have it. So big, big. Yeah, party. no, it's not just like Tuesday. It's like a. <laughs> <laughs> it's not just a I'm, I'm festival stuff. Yeah. Okay. Who who were you out with? Can you name names? Um. Oh, who was I out with? Yeah. Um. No one in particular. Like the new faces, I just hang out with other new faces. Okay. And then my management, my manager and agent, and then uh, I can tell you like who was here: uh, Russell Peters. Oh yeah, he's been on the show. Ralphie May. Yeah. Um, How was Ralph? Did you hang out with Ralphie at all? I didn't. I hung out with Russell. He is amazing. Yeah, Russell's great. Russell's been on my show. Oh, by the way, I'm recording this for my podcast again. I hope you don't mind. Um, oh, no problem. Okay. And uh, yeah, Russell's been on the show, and um, and Ralphie. I guess I, I guess I have a little bit of dirt on Ralphie. I was just curious to see if you'd run into him. Uh, another friend of the show uh, appears on a podcast with Ralphie regularly, and, and he does not get along with Ralphie. So I was just wondering uh, <laughs> how he was. Yeah. It, 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 oh it, no, got no dirt. Okay. No dirt on Ralphie. All right. You so you can't can, can't corroborate the story. All right. So anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, have you performed yet up in Montreal? Or are you due to perform? What's what's going on? Um. Yeah. So I did. Hold on one second. Sure. Yeah. So I did new faces. Okay. Um. Two nights ago on Wednesday, and then tonight I'm doing um. Uh, actually, I don't know if I can say it. Oh. I think it's still confidential. Okay. Uh, well, well, tonight, my sh- tonight my show is at the Barry, and I'm doing um, Kevin Hart's Laugh Out Loud. Okay. Show. Well, this won't drop until Sunday, so. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I'm going to be on Kevin Hart's uh, Laugh Out Loud show. This will all be in the past by the time this comes out. Okay. <laughs> okay great. So, uh, your first time in Montreal? Have you been before? I've been here before. I shot, um, last time we spoke was last summer. Yeah. Um, then, um, I had, uh, I was in, um, Bad Santa 2, so we shot that here. And I was here for almost a month. Oh, okay. Shooting Bad Santa, um, in January. Oh, okay. That's cool. Yeah, a lot of yeah. stuff gets, uh, shot up there now. I'm sorry? A lot of stuff gets, uh, filmed up in Canada now. Yeah, yeah, it's really nice. Yeah. It's, uh, it's much so beautiful. I love it. I've never been. Um, I've only been to Toronto and Ottawa and Windsor, so but okay. Ontario, basically. Come on. I know. Get I was, up here. I was supposed to go up to Montreal when I worked for this radio show, and I don't know why this fell through, but the publicist for a couple of the comedians was going to pay all my expenses, and I would just report back to the radio show, and I forget why, why I didn't do that. And, I, and they called me when I was on vacation in Florida, and I said, oh, yeah, go, go. And I forget why it fell through, but I almost made it up to Just for Laughs. So close. I know. So close. Yeah. Next year. Um, 
So what else is new with you since since last year? Um, last year, um, so I'm uh, in that center too. I had uh, Fifty Shades Black that was the supporting lead in that. I did an Adam Devine's house party. I did at midnight. Um, and a new face. <laughs> um, just uh, you know, just like grinding and comedy and doing cool stuff. Wow, sounds like a lot of big stuff happening then. Yeah, so good. We're behind on our at midnight. So we used to watch that a lot, and then we kind of fell out of it because just because we're just so tired at night that we usually end up falling asleep in the first minute of it. But I have to go back and check that out because a lot of people that have been on the show lately have also been on at midnight. A lot of people were big fans of. So, how'd you do? Yeah, um, I almost won, but it was for Marlon's movie. So, uh, okay. you know, Marlon Wayne's got to win. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Um, so I was, what I want to ask you, because we've talked to a couple of uh, you know, female comedians recently, and one thing I was kind of curious about, and you kind of alluded to this last year, you're you're a lady, you're out on the road. Uh, I mean, do you, I don't mean to seem, uh, I don't know, it's come off the wrong way, but you meet gentlemen on the road. Do, you, do Does that happen often? Because it seems like a lot of the guy comics, that's all they do is they, they the single ones anyway, pick up ladies. But a lot of the girl comics is like they don't even get approached, even though they're like you. They're they're pretty and they're funny, obviously. But it seems to be like a different thing. And Kate Quigley was on talking about that a couple of weeks ago, and I just was curious about I, that. I occasionally get approached. I usually don't. Uh, but you know, I use Tinder uh, if I'm in a new city and I'm looking to have fun. I'll do that. But uh, yeah, I mean, so it's you know a fan. It was like a fan or. Someone who's watched your show, it's a little it's a little different than just like uh some guys like, Oh, hey, you're cute versus like, Oh my god, I watched your at midnight set and then I watched your movie and I think you're so great and so funny and I would just love the chance to touch your titties and you're just huh. like, Oh huh. thank you. You, you yeah, you had you had me up up yeah. until the last part. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't do that too much. I, I, this works. I'm, I, I'm a big music fan, and then, you know, growing up, I would always hear the the female bands would always say, "Oh yeah, the, the guys we tour with, there's girls all over the place, but there's never any guys backstage. It's just just weird." And I thought I'd be a guy backstage. I mean, this is when I was 20. I wouldn't do that anymore. Obviously, I'm a happy married man. But um, when I was 20, shit, I'd be a guy backstage. What are you kidding me? For the Go Go's, Terry Nunn or Berlin? Come on. <laughs> Sort it out. Yeah, great. Yeah, so I was just curious about that because it's a, that's a big, I guess, again, with the guys, that's a big thing. You always hear about them, you know, picking up waitresses or, you know, ladies in the crowd and whatnot. I was wondering how it was for for the women out there. I guess, I guess it's still a different vibe. I guess because just was, you know, I guess men and women are just different that yeah. way, in a way. Okay. Well, yeah. Okay. So uh, what are things you have coming up after Montreal? Um, I'm going to be in D.C. headlining, and then I'm going uh, straight to Minneapolis to um, uh, have some comedy on the night of 10th to the 14th of August. And then um, hopefully in the fall, my first album will be dropping. Oh, yay. So where's that? Yeah. Is that been recorded, or are you going to, is it yet to be it's recorded? It's already been recorded. Okay. So did, is that a deal yeah. where you like recorded a bunch of shows? Because some people have are on this thing now where they just record the one show and and then that's it. And if there's mistakes in it, then that's fine. Other people. No, nope, I recorded several. Okay. 
Because I do such crowd work, it's hard for me to just do one show where I'm just doing jokes. Oh, yeah. And it's because it's so tempting for me to talk to the crowd, so I had to get multiple shows. Oh, uh, okay, okay. So the album yeah. will be more joke-focused, you're saying, or more indicative of your live show? This, this will be more jokes. Okay. So. Well, that's cool. But it is like there, like there was one show that used just like the bass, and then occasionally, like I would just be like, "Okay, well, that sounded better on this show," or "Yeah, oh, I have to use that," or something like that. So, okay, it'll be really good. I'm very excited for that to happen. Wow, it sounds awesome. Uh, so, yeah, has the state of the industry uh, keynote been delivered yet? I believe Andy Kindler usually does that. Yeah, I haven't done it. I haven't. I will actually not attend because I have a rehearsal I have to do. Okay. Um, but I'll listen to it on a podcast or something. Yeah, yeah. Well, we tried to get Andy on the show and he was he was too busy. Usually he's, he's been on the show many times, but um, he was busy shooting an episode of Marin and then they had to fly immediately to Montreal to do the uh, yeah. Days for Laughs, of course. But um, I guess from your point of view, as as a, a new, well, that, you're not really a new face, you, you, you're a, an experienced comic headliner. But what what do you feel yeah. is the state of, of the industry? What is the um, what is the health of stand up comedy in North America? Um, it's great. Comedians are you know beloved by many. I think the thing is now it's just you know you really have to put in your own work for people to notice you. Like you know when I hear rumors that people used to hand up development deals out here and you know, they just are like we really like you. you know? huh. Like that's it. So. So people are more judicious in Montreal now than they yeah. were. Okay. Um, yeah. Do you, I know that we? You know, there's somebody told me it might have been. I want to say it was Bill Dwyer that said this. That there's like you know, twenty thousand people doing comedy. Uh, no, no, it was, it was the late David Brenner told me this. There was twenty, and this is like ten years ago. Uh, there's twenty thousand people doing comedy, and when he started, there were like eight hundred. You know, in the seventies. Yeah, it's uh, it's very overwhelming here. There's so many people. But that's twenty thousand. Okay. I mean, the whole city shuts down for festivals. Well, yeah, yeah. It is the that and Edinburgh, I guess, are the two big uh, comedy festivals yeah. in in the world. Um, I guess Sydney is a big one now uh, too. But yeah. but do you think a, a lot more people are still coming into stand up, or do you think now with the proliferation of of a so called new media with like things like YouTube and all that, that people are maybe using different avenues uh, for comedy, or are they trying to do everything, including stand up? I think there's a lot of new media coming up. Um, there, you know, like out here, there's a lot of like YouTube um, sensation kind of stuff. And uh, you know, I mean, it's still comedy. It's still doing its its work. It's still making people laugh. There's other ways to be funny, right? You know? Yeah, that's so, what yeah, I, I mean. It's changing. Yeah, that's what I found. I've done like open mic stand up, and, and I enjoy it. But it's it's not my bag. I don't think it's the best vehicle for my comedy. Uh, this dopey podcast yeah. seems to be better because, you know, as a writer, you know, I can control things more. And uh, while I do think stand-up is fun, I, I always get the sense that since I'm not taking it as seriously as everybody else at the open mic, that I'm kind of, like, looked down upon. <laughs> People are kind of like, we're wasting yeah, everybody's we're time. Yeah, work, buddy. Move aside. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Take it up our time. Yeah, let's move on, old man. Yeah, your wife doesn't have sex with you. Thanks a lot. We'll see you later. <laughs> <laughs> Been there, done that. Um <laughs> So what kind of things are you talking about on stage these days? Is this still a lot? I know you talk a lot about your mom, and you do kind of do these little character-based impressions. I talk a lot about my mom. sister. I kind of moved on to more like I'm doing some social issue things. Oh, that's cool. Um, yeah, but, um, you know, it's still, it's still 
talking about me. This is the most important. And how things relate to your life? Yes. Okay. Any of the, any current event stuff getting caught up in there? Because, you know, the election is so... Uh, no. No? No, I stay away from current events. Okay. But what kind of social issues are, are, are you discussing? Um, I talk about, like, feminism. I talk okay. about um, the pink tax. I talk about... Um, so what's the, what's the pink tax? Just, but, like... Uh, the pink tax is a luxury tax on tampons and pads. Oh. So women pay luxury tax on our, all our tampons and pads. Oh, I never thought of that. Wow. See, my, I live with two ardent feminists. and uh, Yeah, yeah. apparently it's huh. you know, very luxurious to have your period, so we need those. Wow. I, we need that luxury tax. So. Huh. Yeah, I, I had read yeah. somewhere where they were proposing to eliminate that, and I think my daughter was uh, had shared some stuff on social media. Yeah. About uh, they need to. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Huh, I did not think of that. See, yeah. well, let me think. Would you consider yourself a, a feminist? Yeah. Okay, so here's the the, the, the problem I I'm always having. As I think I'm on the right side of all the issues, and I'll still say and do things. And my daughters will look at me and go, uh, "Dad, no." <laughs> and I'll be like, <laughs> "Shit, really?" <laughs> hey, it's you know, it's okay. <laughs> It, it's it's hard to. Do. You know, you're trying. I am trying, and I try to be very. But if I, you know, if I compliment my wife, I get dirty looks from my daughters. I'm like, really? <laughs> Are you serious? Okay. <laughs> but at the end of the day, I trust them, so I'm like, well, I, you know, you're women. It's you know, it's your you you, uh, you know, you're right. So uh, you know, on that, it's so I, I trust their uh, I trust their judgment, but sometimes it's harsh. Yeah. Do, do you, just trying to help you. Yeah, they are. They are. I mean, do you find a lot of guys are like me? That I mean, I'm a I'm a 50 year old man. I hate to rely on that defense, but do you find a lot of us are, lot of, are well meaning? But uh, yeah, I mean, I think I think most well, most of the men that I'm dating are, you know, feminists. So I don't have to deal with it too much. Yeah, there's a term my daughter and I. Have. Not, I think my dad is the same. He's a very well meaning. Yeah, it, it's um. My daughter and I have coined a term called what we like to call functional racist, and I think I may be a functional chauvinist, in which you think you're on the right side, and you wouldn't consciously discriminate against anybody, but you still kind of say and do things every now and then that are like, huh, if you thought about that for a minute, that's really kind of rubbish. Yeah. And, you, and you're finding... Oh, my AC is fine on. <laughs> What's that? Can you, hear it? Can you hear the AC in the back? No. Oh, sorry. It just went, like, went on in my ear. And I was oh, like, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, I can actually if, it, if I hear it in the headphones in, in post production, I can I can filter it out. So um, okay, all right. Uh, well, cool. So uh, any more partying ahead in in Montreal or? Uh... Oh, every night. I'm all right, every night you can see me. I drunk on the street <laughs> um, every night. So you know it's fun. <laughs> great. Why well, not? Well, okay. but it's yeah. It's been great. This is a really, uh, it's really an honor to like be chosen to be here. Yes, very definitely. But and if you didn't get chosen, and if comedians didn't get chosen to be here, it's not a big deal. Like, don't even worry about it. It's fine. <laughs> okay. You're not missing anything. Cool. Cool. Well, I'm glad things are going well for you, ma'am. Thank you. It's Ter- been really great. Terrific. Well, continue to have fun on the road, and uh, the folks in Minneapolis, Metro sure, look forward to seeing you. And as always, be. We'll hopefully get you down here in Cincinnati sometime uh, soon. Soon. Yes. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll, try okay. to, we'll try to get that sorted. Okay, we'll rest up for tonight, ma'am. Thank you so much. I'll All right. talk to you soon. All right, thanks, Bye. Jenny. Bye.
Thanks again to Jenny Zagrino for being on the show. You can catch Jenny August 5th through the 6th at the Draft House Comedy Theater in Washington, D.C. Then she is at the House of Comedy in Bloomington, Minnesota. That is suburban Minneapolis, for those of you not in the know. August 10th through, let's see, August 14th. And then at Flappers, November 10th. I'm sure she'll have other dates mixed in there as well. Although she's been on TV a lot and doing a lot of uh, other work, so maybe she'll be doing some other things as well. So look for her on the TV. Uh, if you see her on one late night shows, check her out. Uh, so let me see. We're going to get to the song of the week here. We're going to get to this. Uh, we're going to dispatch with all the uh, credits and so forth because uh, oh, I kept you late because of the dumb bit running about eight minutes. Uh, song of the week is from L. King. Of course, L. King uh, has been around for a couple of years now and uh, got a lot of exposure just uh, this past, I guess, winter with X's and O's was a big hit uh, here in America. Got to number 10 and I think it got to 15 in the UK. And then her follow-up single, which is even better than X's and O's, uh, went nowhere, did not chart in the UK, did not chart in America, and it is, is I think it's just a, so much of a better song. It's um, much more Americana sounding, I think. It's got a much better mix of instruments. It's got a lot lot more attitude. I mean, I mean, people like the X's and O's attitude a lot of how she, you know, she's a strong woman and she's, you know, stomping on these men and stuff. That was, that was, that, that's very funny. But uh, America Sweetheart, I think you're going to dig this a lot. This is our song of the week on PS Tape Recorder. So long and thanks for listening. No, there ain't nothing that I gotta prove You think your words will make me black and blue But I, I think I'm pretty with these old boots on I think it's funny when I drink too much You try and change me, you can go to hell Cause I don't wanna be nobody else I like the chip I got in my front teeth and I got bad tattoos you won't believe So, kick out the jams, kick up the soul Pour another glass of that rock and roll Turn up the band, find the hole Gonna lose control tonight What do you want from me? I'm not a married sweetheart So beat the drum with me I'm not a married sweetheart Mm-hmm. My kind of medicine is whiskey straight